This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And thank you for being with us on the Vedic Wisdom today. On our program, we discuss how we are eternal living entities and how, as eternal living entities, there must be an eternal relationship. And similarly, there must be an eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You and I, as eternal living beings, behind the curtain of the bodily manifestation we are currently experiencing, we must know each other. There must be at least commonality, synergies, familiarities, likenesses that unify us. And similarly, the characteristic that all living entities render service. Now, we've discussed this before, that that is the constitutional position of the living entity. We are created to render service. And we are all doing it, knowingly or unknowingly, in an overt or covert or whatever method, but we are all rendering service. We think that, oh, my dog is happy and taking, you know, he's my friend, he does what I want, but actually you're serving your dog. Feed him, take him outside, pick up the poop, whatever you do. And we have to recognize that, that our activities are actually service. That is the motivational side of it. In this condition determined by the contamination of our temporary material bodies, we tend to lose sight of the eternal side of everything. Our eternal relationship, our eternal relationship with the Lord, our general eternal condition that when the body dies, we don't die. Death is actually death of the body. In the Vedic literature, in Bhagavad Gita, it teaches you there is no death of the living entity. It can, the living entity, you and I, we cannot be cut, burned, drowned, dissolved, any of these concepts. The living entity is superior to matter, and so matter is ineffective upon it. But in the bodily conception, when we actually have a physical, material body, the external energy of the Lord is so powerful that we do lose that understanding, that conception, that tie. But if we stop and we actually come to the platform of going, all right, let me understand my eternal position, my eternal relationships, my eternal responsibility, my eternal occupation. We have a whole other platform of discussion, a whole other platform of investigation and realization that as eternal living entities, there is an eternal duty, eternal occupation. And our need is to revive that because that's what makes you happy. In a contaminated, conditioned state, we try so many different things to alleviate the anxieties or frustrations or problems that befall us according to our work, according to our karma, according to the level of our illusion. But we all wish to have a solution to this misconception, to this uh, cause, source of anxiety or frustration. And that source is given in the Vedic literature, and it is hailed by all of the great saints and sages as the most important knowledge. When one knows how to liberate himself from the misconceptions and revives his lost consciousness, 
and engages in his eternal occupation, he can be actually permanently happy. Now that's actually what we all want. You look within yourself, what do you want? I've done this before. Ask a crowd of people, who wants to be happy? Everybody does. Funny that, why? There's so many different people, so many different consciousness, so many points of view, values, everything, upbringing, oh my goodness. Yet they all want to be happy. And so we see that many of the varieties and variegatedness that take place on this material planet and all the different things that you can do as a human being, it's actually various attempts to find happiness. Permanent happiness. We can go and enjoy something for a period of time, short or long, but it always dwindles and ends. But immediately you go, let's do it again. I want to do it again. And you can do it again until you can't do it again. But it doesn't become eternal. So the Vedic literature acknowledges this fact that all the living entities are seeking enjoyment on a permanent platform. And that all the activities we see in this material world are actually the same quest. Now we've discussed on our program and we've advised that if you want to get closer to understanding your true occupational position and your true occupational duty, you have to first of all get out of selfishness and understand that as a servant you need to be selfless. And when you're actually making a quest from a selfless point of view, you will seek a spiritual master and surrender to the spiritual master for guidance. Help me, guide me, show me, teach me, instruct me. And the spiritual master can impart to you the method, the secret knowledge, the most confidential knowledge that gets you out of the misconceptions and into the true conceptions of what is the eternal occupational duty of a living entity. We know that it's in a service mood. We know that it's humble. But we don't know how to execute it. We don't know what are the varieties. We don't know where to place that ability. Serve my car, serve my kids, serve my dog, serve my family, serve my friends, serve my government, serve, serve my what? All of these temporary conceptions of life that are relative to the bodily predicament you're in in this life are just as temporary as your body, are just as temporary as this whole place is. So it doesn't take much time or intelligence before one realizes that I'm looking for permanent happiness in a temporary place. And you then inquire from the spiritual master, where is eternal happiness? Where is that eternal place? That is when you've come to the position of ready. You've actually seen in proper perspective your predicament and you actually understand the solution is not obvious. It is not at my fingertips. I do need a spiritual master. And when I get the guidance, if I follow it, I can get the solution. The solution comes with knowledge, point of view, understanding. And then you can think, act, work, try, endeavor correctly with your independent free will. 
But until you come to that, you will bounce around and around and around and around through thousands of possibilities in the temporary manifestation that are all just as temporary. So it's only a matter of time before everybody faces frustration and not finding the happiness they're looking for. Or they give up, either way. Then there is that person that says, no, I know it's there. I'm sure what I'm seeking exists, and I'm sure that I can attain it if I understand the method. And one can then work under the directions of the spiritual master and learn that method. And guaranteed success becomes yours. Because it's not within my sensual perception. It's not within my education structure. It's outside of that. And so is the solution. So the Vedic literature is a vitally important resource because it starts at where the spiritual master tells you who you really are and what is the key action and key perspective that will get you out of here and you practice it and you develop it and you understand it and you then feel, realize and live it and you're out. Now, in the introduction to the Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada says that we are in this material manifestation, but we should understand that there is a superior manifestation that is not temporary, and that is called the spiritual sky. And that manifestation is outside of this universal globe, the universal shell. It is beyond heaven and hell and everything in between. Beyond, outside. The spiritual sky is our eternal home. Now this is in the introduction. And he's teaching you that that is where you belong. And he's similarly teaching you what is the activities that go on there. Similarly, in the introduction, he advises you that there are five principal types of relationship between you or I as a living entity and the service we perform relative to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna. There is relationships of five varieties and we all already naturally have one by constitution. And if we revive that, we are happy. The service mentality that we're talking about here in our material world as our constitutional characteristic carries over into the spiritual world. And our service is rendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and then it is properly placed. And everything can be done in relationship to the Supreme Lord as opposed to in relationship to the self and the body. That step opens the door. That step delivers you into the consciousness of the spiritual sky, even while you're still here. It states in the introduction that the Lord and the living entity can have a relationship as one, a passive relationship, where I am simply a servant and the Lord is simply the master and the relationship is passive. What he wants, we do. No issue. 
then it can be in an active relationship where my free will, my impetus as a living entity, my determination and focus is used toward delivering service to the Lord. I want to do this. I am active in rendering service out of my own volition, my own choice. Then that relationship can mature and one can have a higher relationship where he actually has a friendship. He's not simply in awe and veneration. Oh, this is the Supreme Lord. Oh, my goodness. So amazing. I'm so simple and insignificant. The Lord is so grand and unlimited. <clears throat> but this is the relationship is comfortable as friendship. That there's looking after one another, caring about one another, loving one another. And this is the higher levels of relationships with the Lord. Similarly, the relationship can go to the point that the Lord will allow you to act as a parent of a higher position than the Lord and instructing, guiding, caring for, loving, protecting, etc., the Lord. And he is willingly working and exchanging, again, your service. You see how the parents serve the children? So there is a natural way that you can render service and the child concept is rendered toward the Lord. Then there is a relationship of conjugal lover. That the love is an intimate, close, associated relationship where the intent is to see to the other's happiness completely, constantly focused, not myself, not me. This is the highest concept. What does the Lord want? That's what I want to do. Let me love him. Let me see to his concerns, needs, anything that would please the Lord. Now, these five relationships are all described in the Vedic literature. And the commonality is love. That one in any of these five relationships, you still love the Lord. And the Lord reciprocates as one surrenders to him. So we understand some very high truths if we examine this subtly and see that the Lord has created multiples of living entities, you and I, hundreds and millions and millions of living entities. They all have a natural relationship with the Lord. They need to have revived when they are in the material world and want to return to the spiritual sky. And the revival method is awakening the dormant love. Now, many people don't get to experience love, but many people do. And when one understands true love, not lust, not I want to exploit you or your body, but love, I care about you much or more than I care about me. Love. Let me see to your satisfaction, happiness, health, and well-being. Let me see to your issues or concerns more than my own. Sacrifice my own position to see to it the securing your position. That's love. And when one finds that even in the material world between man and woman uh, and other interrelationships that are here, that you can experience that, it is superior to selfishness. It is superior to the struggle for existence. 
It is superior to the misconception of I want. The loving conception is the higher perspective and it is the dormant love within you that makes you happy. To love someone is the most wonderful exchange and to be loved in return is the topmost. And that relationship is there, that aspect I should say, is there in all of these relationships one eternally has with the Supreme Lord. Your relationship may be in one of these categories. You know, I may have a relationship in a different category. But the love I feel in my category is the best for me. And in yours, the best for you. And the spiritual master awakens that dormant love and that dormant consciousness and that eternal relationship such that you get back to your normal, healthy, loving condition. And this brings us to the topmost understanding. What is the method that gets me from here in an illusory conception of life, struggling with the anxieties of the temporary material world, looking for happiness that I can't seem to find or I get pieces but not the whole thing? What is that method? And the method is delivered by the instructions of the spiritual master and he says to you, loving devotional service to the Lord that is unself-motivated and uninterrupted is totally enlivening to the self. To understand the term loving devotional service is the quest that takes the time, that requires focus, because it is complex. It is complex. It takes in all of the potential and capacity of you as a living entity and all of the desires, emotions, all of the understanding, everything. It all has to get blended. And in the Vedic literature, in Bhagavad Gita as it is, it says that when one is engaged in devotional service by the instructions of the spiritual master, his awakening begins. And according to the level of sincerity, the rate is fast or slow to fully awakening your dormant love of God. And this is required. This knowledge, understanding, is required. And then the service and surrender mentality that is predominant in devotional service delivers one cannot achieve the highest conception and perfection of being a human or having their consciousness expanded without executing transcendental loving devotional service. There is no other method. The Lord prescribes the devotional service in so many methods. There is nine processes of devotional service that are delineated in the Vedic literature, that are described. The combination of these nine and the understanding and the perfection of knowledge that comes through rendering simple devotional service humbly with an open heart, it completely compounds each other and delivers the highest level of love of God, the highest understanding of perfection of life. And it happens now. It begins immediately. And as I said, according to the sincerity of the performer, it takes a long time or less time. 
But one can become God conscious and totally engage in devotional service in a second if they're pure, if they have come to the platform of selfless, if they sincerely want to do what is right, if they can understand the instruction of the spiritual master, delineating the unbelievable potency and importance of devotional service. So we have to reach up to understand if I'm eternal, what is my eternal occupation? We've covered that. I'm a servant. If I'm a servant, who am I a servant to? And the answer comes out, a servant to the spiritual master and a servant to the Vaishnavs and a servant to the Supreme Lord. Those three methods bring you to the top lowest level of perfection. You may go this way, I may go that way. You may focus on this, I may focus on that. But the success is guaranteed and the free will is not violated. And your opportunity to express your unique self, your love in your heart, in your way, is reciprocated by the Lord in unmeasurable return. There is no calculating the loving exchange between the Lord and the living entity. It is not limited by material bonds. It is not limited by the material perspective of life. So to reach this platform of the relationship that is yours eternally and using that eternal relationship naturally in rendering devotional service to the Lord under the guidance of the spiritual master is the perfection of life. And every single living entity that there is has the opportunity to reach that perfection. They either use their free will correctly or they use their free will incorrectly. And correctly is in devotional service to the Lord without cessation. And that fulfills the heart without cessation. And this is the highest level, the highest teaching of the Vedic literature. And it purifies you from all the misconceptions of what is going on in this material world. What are these different things I am facing as struggle for existence? What are these different things that I value temporarily, but actually after I succeed with them, they render wrecks to no benefit to me? So this awakening is the point, the intent of the Vedic literature and this program to deliver the understanding that what is required for you to be eternally happy and fully conscious in love of God is possible and available and waiting for you to endeavor, to taste it, to try it. The taste of love of God is undescribable relative to material things or material happiness. No relativity. It's like riding a tricycle or running a Ferrari. Just not even on the same plane. Completely different experience. So we are encouraging you to read Bhagavad Gita as it is by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And Follow his instructions. Understand his guidance he's providing you. Learn the nine processes of devotional service. Engage in those processes and see the result yourself. Taste love of God.
taste the higher perfection. Taste what you've been looking for your whole life. Actually, according to the Vedic literature, what you've been trying to taste for many, many, many lifetimes. Going through a host of different possibilities or temporary experiences, seeking that permanent solution, that permanent happiness. That's what you taste in reading the Vedic literature under the guidance of the spiritual master and coming to devotional service. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.